Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello there, this is Blake Lindsay. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. We are certainly glad you're here and thank you very much for taking time to tell your family and friends. This particular podcast features a portion from one of Zig's best audio series, Raising Kids in a Positive World. I'll be back to finish in a few minutes, so let's turn it up and listen to Zig. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra-rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. One of the great pleasures in my life, as a matter of fact, is the most fun thing I do is I teach an adult Sunday school class. It's a big class, and what I teach, obviously, is the Bible, but every week I also teach lessons about life, how to get along better with each other, how do you perform more effectively on your job, how you do the things that are really important in life because, you see, we still got to eat food, wear clothes, drive cars, pay house payments, and all that other kind of good stuff. So what it really is is Christian motivation for daily living. Now, because it's a big class, we do a couple of things so we can build relationships with the class. Number one, there are nine uh, home Bible studies that are being taught every other week with members of the class in their own homes. And then every Sunday after, we call it Big Church, I teach Sunday school before Big Church, a bunch of us go to lunch together. It runs somewhere between 40 and 60 every single Sunday. That way we can talk with each other individually. As a result, I get to know the people better and their children. One of the little things I do when I see one of their children, a five or six or seven-year-old, I will always, the first time I meet them, I'll take them aside and I'll say, let me look at you. And I'll look them right in the eye and I'll shake their hand and I'll turn them around. I said, let me get a good look. I said, I can do something nobody else can do. You know what it is? They'll always say, no. I say, I can spot a winner a mile off. I really can. Let me take another good look. Want to be certain. And then I'll pause and I'll say, yep, absolutely no doubt about it. If I have ever seen a winner, you are one. Now, let me tell you where I got that started. It was in a church over in Atlanta. A youngster came up to me and I looked at him and he was very shy and reserved. So I took this youngster's head in my hand and I looked right at him and I turned him around as I just described. And I said, yes, there's no doubt about it. You are a winner if I have ever seen one. 
Well, let me tell you the rest of that story. About a month later, I was in Atlanta doing a public seminar. My goddaughter was there, and I overheard this lady talking to my goddaughter saying, let me tell you what Zig did for my son. And she said to my goddaughter what the experience was. And she said, you know, he had been abused by his father. And since Zig said that to my son, an amazing difference has come into that child's life. Well, the rest of the story is also, I got a letter from that youngster a week or two later, and he said, you know, since you told me I was a winner, I have come to believe that I am a winner. My teacher likes me a whole lot better. I've got more friends. Mom and I are having more fun. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, now, had that youngster not been in church that day, he never would have heard the words he heard that made a difference in his life. Never will I forget an assistant principal of a high school in Indianapolis, Indiana, a man named Charlie Fluger. Charlie came to one of our educational Born to Win seminars and got all excited about the concept of teaching of these ideas to the children in school. And he went back to his school, which was an inner city school there in Indianapolis. And he came up with a little idea, which we since have capitalized on and using it all over the country. He came up with the idea of taking, and what he did actually was to take a silver dollar and drew circles on a sheet of paper. And on inside the circle, he just simply wrote, I can. He gave each one of the teachers a handful of I-cans. And every time they would see a youngster do something positive without being told to do so, like, for example, picking up a piece of paper on the school ground, or erasing the blackboard without being told, or welcoming a new student to school, or returning something which had been lost, every time they did something of that nature, they would give that student an I-can. Well, now, we've simply gotten fancy with it, made it out of plastic, and it's a lot more beautiful and durable and so forth. But the deal was this. When they got 100 I-cans, then they would be given a winner's T-shirt, an I-can T-shirt. And as soon as they'd accumulated 100 of these I-cans, they'd get the T-shirt. Now, the school had 592 students in it. They ended up with 587 of those kids wearing the I-can T-shirts. Winners. Charlie said it got to be ridiculous. He said, why, you'd see a piece of paper out on the schoolyard blowing across, and there's five kids out there running it down. He said the blackboards became operating room clean. And he said, you know, every time a youngster would come into school, there was a long line of kids welcoming them to the school. Now, a lot of people say 587 T-shirts, isn't that expensive? Yeah until we remember that that year there was not a single act of violence, not a single act of vandalism, not a single drug bust. And the grades as a group were up. Not only that, but for the first time, according to Charlie Fluger, in the history of the school, the students and the teachers and the parents recognized one basic simple fact, and that is that all of the objectives were the same, and that is to get a good education for the kids. That's what school is for. 
in the families. You see, we translate that. We start looking for the good and rewarding some of these positives instead of just all of the negatives. For example, when a youngster comes home from school, instead of inquiring of them as, uh, how did things go today? Why not make it a positive question? What happened today that you really enjoyed the most? What did the teacher say to you that you learned that you feel is going to be important? Did you meet anybody new today? By the way, did you do anything for anybody today? Let me tell you, parents, a lot of times the students been off to war, and sometimes in school they view it as war, and they've been in a combat area for six hours, and sometimes somebody's licked all the red off their candy for that day. Things have not gone well, and so they come in griping and fussing and complaining, and they bring you a report about somebody, a teacher or the principal or somebody or another student, who has done them dirt, in essence. Now, when a student comes home, why not ask them the positive questions and then later on in the evening, after dinner, for example, you can sit down and then calmly, coolly, and collected, you can then ask your child, well, tell me what else happened in school today or was there anything else? What happened that you, you know, would like to share with mom or dad? In other words, what I'm saying, we're not trying to cover over any difficulties. What we are saying is put it in perspective. And by doing it this way, they associate education as a pleasant learning experience, something that was good for them instead of something which they did not necessarily enjoy. One of those steps which we can take, and I believe it's going to be important if we do it. I believe to raise positive kids in a negative world, we need to emphatically say to them that yes, indeed, you can be number one. I believe everybody can be number one. Now, that doesn't mean everybody can be the biggest and the fastest and the strongest and the smartest. But it does mean that when we get up in the morning, determine today to do our best. And if at the end of the day we can look in the mirror and say, today I did my best, then you're number one with the most important person on this earth as far as your progress is concerned. Now, parents, that's good advice for the kids, and it ain't bad advice for you either when you get right down to it. Never will I forget when I was down in Yazoo City working in the grocery store. I used to be a teller in a grocery store. Now, I'm not trying to impress you with a title. That just meant I told people to move while I swept. I mean, I was not the manager, <laughs> is what I'm saying. And this was during those depression years, and the inventories in the stores were very small. The owner of our store was a man named John R. Anderson. And uh, what the store owners used to do, when we would run out of something, we would borrow from the other store owners. There was a young fellow across the street named Charlie Scott, and he was the runner for their store just as I was the runner for our store, or the store I worked in. And every time Charlie Scott hit the front door, he was in a dead run. He'd hit that front door and say, Mr. Anderson, I need to borrow half a dozen cans of tomatoes. And Mr. Anderson would say, well, Charlie, you know where they are? Go get them. And old Charlie would take off and run back to where the tomatoes were stacked. He'd grab them up. He'd come back up to the counter. He'd dump them on the counter. He'd scribble his name on the little receipt, and he would take off. And one day I asked him, I said, Mr. Anderson, why does Charlie Scott always run everywhere he goes? And Mr. Anderson kind of grinned. He said, well, Charlie's working for a raise, and he's going to get it too. I said, Mr. Anderson, how do you know Charlie Scott is going to get a raise? 
He said, I know Charlie's going to get a raise because if the man he's working for doesn't give it to him, I am. <laughs> One of the most important things we can teach our kids is the law of life. When you do more than you're paid to do, you will eventually be paid more for what you do. You see, the law says that when you give anything your best, it's got to give you back its best. It's the law, ladies and gentlemen, that ultimately works. Now, temporarily, it might not always be so, but eventually, I can absolutely assure you that it will work. No matter whether you have children of your own or not, you can make a difference in a child's life. Say something positive to a child today. Share a smile with someone or give someone warm, sincere eye contact. As you help build up a child's life, you will experience a bonus in your own life, a more positive outlook in general. I'm Blake Lindsay, encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. Inspiring true performance.